हेलो पीपल गुड मॉर्निंग नमस्कार आई एम रशीद कपन वेलकमिंग यू बैक टू डी एच रेडियो एक्टर श्रुति हासन हैज हर हैंड्स फुल विथ साल आर ऑपोजिट प्रभास वेब सीरीज कॉल्ड द बेस्ट सेलर शी रोड एंड अ मूवी विथ तेलुगू सुपरस्टार चिरंजीवी शी इज ऑल्सो बिजी राइटिंग म्यूजिक फॉर अ नेक्स्ट एल्बम एस शी सेलिब्रेट्स अ बर्थडे ऑन जनवरी ट्वेंटी एथ शी टॉक्स about how she kept herself busy during the pandemic and much much more listen in hi shruti how are you i'm very good how are you good good shruti thank you so much how is the pandemic year been for you staying safe and staying inside as much as i can did you get to do a little bit of writing maybe a little bit of music writing maybe scripting you know honestly uh, you know it's not like the same energy of 2020 right uh-huh. 2021 we really thought we'll get a grip on it so then to kind of we're not in a full lockdown now but again you know it's spreading everywhere so mm-hmm. more than of course I, i'm continually writing and creating but it's also about like okay we need to get back to work and shoot and when can we do that when is it safe like those are the things i think just like everyone else thinking you know when can i send my kids back to school and when can i go back into work you know it's right. the same energy right totally agree and um, also as far as acting and shooting for actors it's very different right i mean you guys have to go out and shoot in between come back it's not the same thing when like a particular scene is written in a particular way yeah. or it's not easy to shoot it it's not easy to go out and lots of things must have changed tell me a little bit about that but we're doing it the same way but with testing like continual yeah. testing right. you know so that's the only way to really pull it off to be honest there are so many projects in hand this salar is um, you know yeah. with chiranjeevi uh, sir and yes there's so many many your hands are full tell me about salar and then really your role with uh, well, acting with kubar yeah i mean we finished a few schedules and they've gone really well i really love the team I really love working with our director. He's a really lovely person to work with, like really easy to communicate with and you know the whole team, our cinematographer, like everyone and then of course coming to Prabhas, he's also just really a lovely person. So it's it's a lot of fun working on that. The other project I haven't started yet so I can't say much about it. Right. What's it like? I mean where did you shoot for Salar? A little bit of um maybe interesting on the set yeah. well the thing about what's really interesting about working with like a team that you know prashant neel has put together is i've been on a lot of movie sets and you right. know there's right. there's a vibe and an energy like to each movie but there's something about like the look feel and vibe of this movie it's like mm. almost like a creative project like an art installation like because it's everything up to the finest details on the set to the way our dop shoots to the emotion like they're all in one right. tonality mm-hmm. you feel like you're in a permanent mood board you know mm-hmm. in that we've been shooting in india in very locations some on set some really beautiful set some really interesting locations and um i don't want to say where because i don't want to reveal much but really a mood you know like that's the only way i can explain it like they are apart from just the filmmaking and the story like the entire vibe of it like even as an actor you go in and you can understand the tonality of what the director wants and you can feel it 
in the story you can feel it in the in the set you can feel it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. right did you watch uh, kgf the prashant had yeah. directed and yeah, yeah, how yeah, did yeah, you like that how did you like that it's very different again yeah again kgf is a world right he creates right. this world right like it's visually so spectacular as well like you go into this world and i think that's really something he's amazing at tell me a little bit about labam i mean labam come released and from the title i think uh, labam is gained right in in tamil so yeah. labam was a film that we were shooting over a long period of time and unfortunately we lost our director during the pandemic so it was definitely a loss to the film you know to not have a director be there right. but um, yeah i think it had a very important social message and there were people who liked that and related to that also acting chiranjeevi is a different ball game altogether right i can't really talk about that project yet to be honest with you okay okay so they can you yeah. tell me a little bit about on the music scene what's cooking and are you writing anything new yeah yeah i am definitely i have some stuff coming out which is in the process of you know putting it all together and i have new music coming out as well and i've always written for myself this is the first time in my life that i'm apart from like when i was performing in london and stuff mm-hmm. after putting out my first single this is like again me saying okay i'm going to share it like not just an instagram post but like for people to have it available to listen to and stuff right right and what kind of themes do you like writing about when it comes to music what really drives you to write i write very autobiographically i think a lot of singer songwriters do but i'm very influenced by the world around me and then it kind of transcribes itself from my point of view i find myself trying to write and speak and communicate in everything i do more honestly from where i'm coming as a woman mm-hmm. i think a lot of it is my journey as a woman where i'm coming from and what i don't have the opportunity to say all the time music articulates in different ways right. and um i don't think that i write particularly like specifically about a time in my life or a moment in my life it's more about making it about the larger picture of, right. you know of what what it means to be in that space and I think I get that from you know musicians I've liked mm-hmm. and leaving room for interpretation so that people feel that that line could be about them you know um so even with edge when I was writing it I was writing it from a very autobiographical place like mm-hmm. realizing that I was the kind of person that that learned a lot of my lessons at the edge you know where you have a chance to like fall or fly and you right. you can choose one or the other and that's where it was and it was about for my writing now it's become a lot about acknowledging mm. acknowledging frailties and vulnerabilities and building your armor with that mm. with ah. the truth about your vulnerability you mm. know instead mm. of hiding it so yeah. i felt that in my personal life in mm. in my communication that the more vulnerable and honest i am that actually ends up becoming my armor right. that can take the impact of things you know because mm. there's no greater currency than your story ultimately correct. correct super in that context just want to ask you how important is really mental health uh, to you mm-hmm. and really talking about it it's a really really important subject for me mm-hmm. a topic of conversation which i've been speaking about for a while now 
when the pandemic came about it became a more commonly discussed topic yes. you know because people were going through it it's not that people weren't going through it before but it became a heightened sense of okay we're all in this we're all allowed to feel a certain way and unsure or whatever you want to call it you know oh. and um i felt that you know again it offered me the opportunity to speak about that you know i've been someone who's been a great advocate about speaking about mental health because right. i benefited from talk therapy and really acknowledging that you know it's it sounds like a cliche but it's okay to not be okay mm-hmm. and i also understand that you know there's a lot of judgment that easily passed about a certain person's point of view or about what they're going through or their way of communicating mm-hmm. and that judgment can easily transcend into one's own judgment of oneself mm-hmm. but i think what mm-hmm. therapy offers and acknowledging and speaking about mental health offers is mm-hmm. that it's a discussion it's not a judgment mm-hmm. it's a talk it's a conversation not a judgment mm-hmm. and i think when you remove that because even in society people are still a bit apprehensive to say oh i've i've been in therapy because for some people people perceive for some reason people perceive it as oh so you want okay mm. i on the other hand perceive it as a great sign of strength just mm. like oh you know when someone says i put on a bit of weight and i decided to go to the gym people applaud that but when people mm. say i wasn't feeling too okay i went for therapy they can't be stigma it's literally right. the same right. thing it's care mm. for oneself mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i'm extremely passionate about it I feel like I I suffered from mm. really you know debilitating bouts of anxiety from a very very young age mm. and I didn't show it and mm. I was compensating and covering up and mm. when I started healing through therapy and through acknowledging and then finally getting to a place where I could speak about it publicly mm. through you know the press or interviews or whatever Okay. The, the the feedback i got was really really encouraging that mm. i'm doing the right thing by speaking about this right right shruti what gave you uh, you know the strength to talk about rebellion to talk about healing you know openly definitely your own experience but apart from that i can't mm. really tell you that oh it came from this deep pool of strength mm. that i dip into <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. like that sometimes it's just really simple like for me i was like you know what i'm done Mm. I just want to talk about it now. It was that simple and I was like, you know what it helped me? Right. I know the benefits of it. Talk about it. That's it. How is it to um live and grow up and live under the shadows of your father? Like is it overpowering sometimes to like I don't call it a shadow huh? because you know, it's not like he's blocking the light. No. <laughs> but i think uh, i don't call it a shelter either mm-hmm. i think it it's really i haven't felt that presence of living under a shadow or mm-hmm. a shelter or a image or any of mm-hmm. that i haven't felt it and that's all credit to my father honestly right. you know mm-hmm. he would be a shadow if he dominated over me and blocked my life mm-hmm. but that's not what he did mm-hmm. um with me and my sister mm-hmm. he has always encouraged us to to find our way and do our best and be ourselves and right. um i think when i was younger you know mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't anticipate that there would be unrealistic expectations so mm-hmm. i think at that point i acted like it didn't matter mm-hmm. and then later on i i realized it did matter and like one moment was when i was promoting a film called d day and they asked rishi kapoor mm-hmm. who was well into his 50s and late 50s mm-hmm. about family name and i thought gosh 
Wow, <laughs> he goes through that. I guess yeah. this is never going to end. So I looked at him and I asked him, "This it never ends?" And he's like, "No, Vita, it doesn't." <laughs> and he's like, "You just do you. It never ends." And you know, I'll never forget that moment with him because it's all like it's not like it ever ends for anyone because it is a family lineage, right? It's not about others' perceptions; it's about our perceptions of what it means to us. Mm-hmm. So I just put my energies into taking the best of what I could learn from my dad, right. and then just carrying on as Shruti. You know, yeah. and I think yeah. that's paid off. That's yes. Would we see you maybe writing a script direction someday? Like how you like? Yeah, maybe in the, the future. Hmm. Yeah, maybe in the future. Definitely. Um, I love writing. It's a great part of how I express. I really value what directors do. I think it's a magical profession hmm. to be a director, hmm. and uh, I think it's like it's amazing to be the head, like the, almost like a familial head. For right. a creative idea, for mm. a creative family, mm-hmm. but it's not something on the cards right now, mm-hmm. and I don't take it very lightly. I think it's a huge honor and responsibility. Mm. I do see myself directing in the future, but I'm just not sure when. Right. What was it for you to take a break and come back to acting? You think a break is was good, and then returning to acting, or you think one shouldn't really have a break? I, and- I mean, I'm doing fine, so I right. would recommend it. <laughs> you know. Okay. I remember when I was on the break, people were like, "Don't you have FOMO? Are you running a race? Hmm. Uh, you're running a race. You can't step out and expect to catch back up." But I was like, "Catch back up to what? <laughs> you know?" And these positions never matter. Like hmm. at the time that you know I was in the so-called perceived peak, people were like, "How does it feel to be in this position?" I was like, "It hmm. doesn't feel like anything. I'm just doing my job." Hmm. And that's how I've always looked at it. Because mm-hmm. you know the questions change as a, like as and when the weather changes, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That's true. I mean, am I going? To, I don't need to change with the weather. I just need to be myself and layer up or layer down depending on my situation, right? That's just how I look at it. So even when I was on the break, I still have the same answer. Like I'm just doing my job and I'm going mm-hmm. to do the best at it. The right. reason I took a break was because I felt I wasn't doing my best at my job and I needed to reassess and I needed to reclassify. And I was telling people it doesn't matter, but I'm really grateful that I came back with films like Crack and with my yeah. Netflix show and like all of this stuff. And I came back and yeah. people were like, "Oh, okay, fabulous, <laughs> she's back." And I was like, "Okay, I like the way you cool." Put it, though. I mean, I like the way your your perception to to life and to people. I mean, it's you. the same to me. You know, it's just it's, the same to yeah. me. It's not to undervalue what people say, but mm. I'm like. You know, you are not a movie script that I have to follow your dream of. That's your opinion. I think there's a a lot of curiosity, right? Definitely for people, uh, for everybody. Sure. uh, Surrounding your life, uh, like the family. What are you doing next? Why didn't this happen? Does that uh, sometimes uh, sound very intrusive to you? I mean, how do you it deal with all It doesn't sound intrusive. Of course, it's intrusive. In nature, it's intrusive. <laughs> but hey, as a job, as huh. a part of my life and package, hmm. I'm not crying about it. Right, I've, right. I've been born into it, right? Like right. My whole childhood has been intrusive. Like I would go up to the school fence and someone came and said, what is your daddy for protection? You know, so that's happened since hmm. I was six years old. Right. So I'm kind of used to that. Um, I just now use it as an opportunity to mm-hmm. say, like when people ask mm-hmm. me why I'm not married, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, why aren't you married? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, are you paying for my wedding? You know, or right. like, 
what does this feel like I, i'm happy to answer honestly about things mm. that are relevant and practical <laughs> but things like this which i can't practically answer mm-hmm. you know when it comes with a, a preconceived judgment as a mm-hmm. question like the, the question comes wearing a big coat of judgment then i'm like oh okay i don't need your coat <laughs> <laughs> true true also i just want to ask you now netflix settings is a space that most actors are i mean happy to be in Mm-hmm. So what about you? I mean, are you? So I have my Amazon show coming out in yes. February, and I'm super excited about it. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited. I've been a huge fan of platforms like this. Mm-hmm. I'm a serial binge watcher, mm-hmm. and I like watch all the shows. I love the format. I think actors get to have a different kind of performance. Not that when we're shooting it, it feels different or anything, mm-hmm. but because you have. so many hours to tell a story mm. uh, even writers get to write characters differently it's just that simple right and right. this is not to say that films don't have a comprehensive but mm. i i can honestly today say that we do skim over characters in films sometimes cuz we're trying to get back to the central plot right and a lot of the times the woman falls to the wayside in that story right. so and of course the villain you know we're right there with mm. the villain <laughs> you know um i feel that ott offers the opportunity to have an elaborate character sketch really play out beautifully you know hmm. and so i'm super super excited about my amazon show for bestseller bestseller and i'm really really excited about it i love the character i'm playing Can i found talk it about it a little bit no. not too, too much <laughs> okay too early but it is definitely a character which is very different to anything i've played before hmm. yeah right and uh, netflix too i think yeah netflix it was really fun because nagashwin you know i really loved mahanathi so much and i hmm. thought he had like a nice emotional context to things and so when this netflix opportunity came about i really loved the concept so much of x life and i met nagi and he was just like such a lovely person nagashwan just mm. so chill i don't mm. know like there were many times i felt like oh i feel like we could have grown up together listening to like <laughs> iron maiden or something you know <laughs> like he just had a really easy communicable mm. and very communicative and open and broad minded and uh, i love her character the, mm. the character i played in that episode because she just stands for uh, playing into the trope of the woman right that's like my mm-hmm. favorite thing is mm-hmm. i got to play the trope seriously now right. to be able to play into the trope you mm-hmm. know like a double layer mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. all have to play into the trope sometimes right as right. women right. so it's nice to see and it's not that we're we're not feminist or we're not we just have to play into the trope sometimes mm-hmm. so when you have characters that question this and can turn it on its head mm-hmm. which is what i felt <laughs> it was really amazing as well as the overarching reality of you know especially now when they've announced this metaverse and all I'm like oh my god that is literally what Nagi wrote about in next life you know the virtual world which will become more meaningful than the real world and i think we're already kind of there mm-hmm. and i use social media you know i know people on there that i've never met in person so i understand the power of it but maybe because of I don't know if it's my personality or conditioning or I'm a buffalo skinned person whatever it is beyond the point it just doesn't seem to permeate into my real life yeah nice i think you keep uh, the boundaries very clear right 
I think I'm more where? interested in putting my real life on there than having yes. that affect my real life. Okay, okay. Uh, is it very easy? Very hard? No. I think it's easy for me because I, I'm quite transparent as a person mm-hmm. is what I've realized over the years. Yes. And I won't pretend till I'm paid for it. So it's just quite easy for me. <laughs> right. Thank you so much, Shruti. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Same all here. The, all the very best. Thank you and take care and thank stay you. safe. Thank you. Stay all safe right. too. Bye. And that's all we have for you today. To keep you updated on all things news and views, head straight to deckinheral.com.